Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. Ever had a leader, coach, sponsor, or colleague take you under their wing and set you up for success through their mentoring wisdom? Today on episode 51 of the Grow Forward Today podcast, you'll meet my guest, Lindsay Hartz. Lindsay is all about igniting, not campfires, but authors, so that their message finds its way into the hearts of readers who are open to life change. Listen in on how she empowers authors and transfer those principles to your personal leadership development. Ready to grow forward? Welcome, friends. I've written five little books. Why? Well, it's another method of getting what I've learned about leadership and self-leadership into the hands of hungry learners, in addition to seminars, webinars, coaching, podcasts, and the facilitation that I do. And I wish I would have utilized the services of my guest today. Well, Lindsay, I guess there's still time to get more of those books sold, not just for income, but for impact. I've grown so much through reading books that I feel I'm a composite of all the authors who have poured into my brain and my heart, which I then assimilate and curate for my audiences. I've hit 58 nonfiction books read in 2022. Woohoo! And now you know why. Leaders are readers, and it only takes one pivotal book sometimes to change the course of your life. My guest today is Lindsay Hartz. Here's a little bit about Lindsay. She's the CEO of Ignite Faith Media and Ignite Your Book Marketing, a company dedicated to help faith-based authors' words transform readers' lives. She and her team work with authors to train them in up-to-date marketing strategy and building resilience for their author career. They also provide deeper opportunities for authors and readers to connect with one another for growth and community in a suite of author platform growth opportunities built by the company. Her personal story of life transformed through books, her background in corporate and digital marketing and project management, her graduate degrees in business and project management, and her marketing campaign and book launch work with hundreds of best-selling authors, speakers, consultants, and publishers provide the heart, soul, and backbone for the skills and experience she brings to the table. Lindsay was referred my way by another podcast guest I've had on my show, and that recommendation that she was one of his favorite guests was good enough for me. So welcome, Lindsay. Thank you for the fabulous introduction and kind words. I'm excited to be here. So Lindsay, your life, like so many others, has been transformed through books. Tell us more about that. Gosh, it really started as a young child. Uh, I had a neighbor that handed a box of books over to a family member to me when I was around four or five. And I was a late to life talker. I didn't really talk much. I was much of an observer of the world. And so those books really opened up a whole realm of possibility for me. 
in my little mind. Um, by the time I was 12 or 13, I was memorizing encyclopedias. Remember those? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, dictionaries. I had read all the classics like Great Expectations and War and Peace, wow. which was a little odd, you know, for a 12-year-old. Um, <laughs> but the messages really resonated with me. And th- those themes and those books have carried through in moments of deep tragedy in my life, um, just giving me some hope and momentum forward. And they've also been a huge um, indicator of when I needed to make pivots in my life or when I needed to increase faith in my life. So somehow, some way, these books just kept landing, you know, on my desk or in my library or in my bookstore at the exact right moment. What were some of those deep themes that got you through some hard times? <laughs> well, you know, the one that, that sticks out to me the most as a child was I really loved great expectations. Mm. Um, there's just this notion of longing for a life that you don't have in that book. Um, Tale of Two Cities was about sacrifice, right, for the people mm. that you love. Um, later, as I got older, um, the books definitely transitioned more to your kind of self-help type nonfiction books. Mm. So, The Body Keeps the Score. Um, yes pronounce the author's name, but everybody knows who it is. Um, and The Shack by William Young was oh, actually yes. really instrumental to me in my early faith. Uh, so like I said, it's just these books that have themes of just hope um, on the other side of difficult circumstances and the means with which to keep moving forward are really what attracted me to books. Any others in that uh, personal leadership development realm uh, from those those years, whether they're faith-based or not faith-based books. I will say this year, I had to think about this one because I read so many (laughs) books. I probably read, I don't know, two or three books a week. And and before you ask, I can speed read. People always ask me that. So I can speed read and retain the information. Um, But lately, I've really enjoyed a book called Read to Lead um, by Jeff Brown. And it's about this whole notion of how the books that you read, the information you're inputting into your heart and your mind can enable you um, to increase your soft skills and hard skills in the marketplace. So it's fabulous. And then Mike Kim is one of a dear friend and mentor of mine. And he recently wrote a book called You Are the Brand. And it's technically about utilizing the whole of you in order to represent what you're doing in life and business. And, you know, with the internet being so... um, sometimes not real or sometimes highlight reels of people's lives. What I really appreciated about that book is giving me permission to be who I am as a skilled marketer, but also be vulnerable about the how and why I got there and why the work I do is actually meant for impact more than it was ever meant for my income. Although that Mm. happened. (laughs) So good. So good. Three books a week. Man, I was, I was like, so proud that I met my goal of one book a week this year. And you're like, oh, yeah, I tripled that. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel better, I don't really watch TV unless I don't have a book to read. Ah, okay. So, so when people say, like, I don't have time to read books, it's just what you put in there instead, right? Right. There's time. <laughs> any any speed reading tips? I know you probably took a class in order to do that. But if, if somebody – or is it just a natural gift? I did not take a class. I just think it was practice. Wow. Uh, I had kind of a voracious appetite for the end of the story. And (laughs) um, 
Really, I think all of us, if we practice enough, we'll be able to read faster. Uh, a lot of us do it anyway. We fill in the blanks mm-hmm. <laughs> with words. Yep. Um, I just happen to be a little more adept at it because I read so much. Yeah, to be to be honest, if it's a book that I'm starting to lose interest in, I will read about half a paragraph, and that's how I speed read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've done that too. <laughs> Well, Lindsay, what was the moment when you realized that your marketing and project management experience could also add incredible value to authors, publishers, and speakers? And so then you made it into a business. Very true. You know, out of college um, until about 2007, I actually worked at the same company at a, a big corporation. And, you know, my career was great. The company was great. The culture was great. Um, but as I got older, I started to realize that my heart wasn't really resonating with what we were doing. Like mm-hmm. I had the skills and the talent and the desire to represent the company well, but there was just something missing, you know? And, I, and it took me a while to figure it out because I was in my 30s when I left that career, or my early 30s. And looking back on it, I think it was just a longing um, to be creative. I'm a creative by nature. And I was one of the generations that was raised, you go to college and you go into business or that's the only way you're going to be able to make money. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my parents were great, but they didn't really encourage any of the arts in me. And like I said, I love to read. I love to write. Um, I love to draw, although I'm not super great at it. <laughs> and it wasn't something that was encouraged in me. Right. So I really do think um the career aspect of it was just starting to weigh on me as I grew older and realized, hey, I actually don't have to do this the rest of my life. Um, Now, from that moment when I was 30 until I started the business was roughly four or five years. And in that interim, I left my corporate career, came home, spent some time raising my kids and doing marketing projects here and there. And really what happened in terms of starting the book marketing business is I started writing personally and going to writing conferences for community. And every conversation I had with my friends who were writers would talk about how much they hate marketing. (laughs) And I remember thinking, well, why? Why do you hate marketing? I was so curious about it because to me, it was very easy. Mm. And that's when I started to realize I actually was able to be creative and analytical at the same time. And that's not always the case for a lot of creatives. So having said that, just encounter after encounter um, of authors and conversations and me going, I could do something with this. So I joke around now, although it's very accurate, that I never really had a business plan. I had an obedience plan, you know, (laughs) and and I am a person of faith. I believe in God. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was very much realizing, gosh, I could really help these authors who are trying to help people heal and transform through the gospel. And I can help them get their their messages out. Like what cooler thing to do, especially as someone who prefers to be behind the scenes. <laughs> yes, you are one of those rare birds that both sides of your brain are <laughs> totally active all the time, <laughs> the analytical and the creative. Yeah, it, it's a little crazy making for my poor husband though. He's like, he's like, which part of you am I talking to right now? <laughs> the one that's, that's going to dream a million things, or the one that's going to get something done? Yeah, that's funny because the communication in marriage, you know, it's like, do you want me to just listen, or do you want me to solve this, right? And and for him, it's like, are you talking creatively, or are you talking analytically? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. 
You know, what advice would you give? You said that your creative side wasn't uh, encouraged uh, growing up. Uh, and so as, as a mom, and there's probably a lot of uh, moms and dads listening today, how do you encourage creativity in your children? And maybe we could even play this towards adults that how can leaders encourage creativity in their employees for if we can make that jump? Absolutely. So I do have children. I currently have a 21-year-old daughter and a 19-year-old son. And what I was very adamant about their whole lives, the one consistent advice I gave them about careers is you need to find something you love. And I don't care what that looks like, and I don't care how it looks like, and we're going to try all these different things to try to figure out where you feel like you fit in and you're at home. So, for example, my daughter, um, I homeschooled her half of middle school and high school while running a full-time business. I wouldn't say that was easy. Don't be all impressed. I think <laughs> we um, we had our fair share of arguments and me trying to drag her out of bed because we weren't, you know, super great at it. But what it did do is it allowed her space to figure out what she loves. And she did go to college for a year and a half. And then she withdrew because it wasn't right for her. And she's pursuing a technical degree in cosmetology. And she's excited to start her own business. And she loves it, right? My son is 19. And he's currently enrolled in a four-year university. But when we had conversations about work, um, he's on the he's a considered high functioning autism, which in the old days was called Asperger's. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't really know unless he's in an under pressure situation if you're outside the family. But he really wanted to choose a career where he could make the most money with the least amount of effort and as little interaction with people as possible. <laughs> yep. Now we all kind of laugh at that, like kind of a dream job, right? But he was serious because he (laughs) knew that's how he could operate in his capacity. So he's going to school for computer programming. And he's also going to school for philosophy. And the reason he took philosophy is because it teaches critical thinking and how to communicate different ideas, right? So I just find it interesting that in my children's case, all I did was encourage them to find what they love and, and allowed them the space to do it in their own way. And when you think of leader, again, I come from a corporate environment. I had great bosses and I had bosses that were very stifling. And the ones that were able to really help me thrive and move forward in my own career and confidence in myself were the ones that time took the time to get to know me and understood what made me tick and then encouraged me in that way um, by giving me projects or validation or encouragement that aligned with who I was as a person, not just as who I was as a performer. Ooh, that is so good. I want to hit the rewind button, the listeners on that one. <laughs> great, great leaders seek to get to know their folks, build relationship, truly understand them, what makes them tick, and then customize as, as much as possible right. what, uh, what are the projects that give them joy and light them up and allow them to live their greatness. Such mm-hmm. good stuff, Lindsay, such good stuff. And you know, you also said you face a big part of your life. And when people are making decisions about making transitions in their life, they have to run through a bunch of filters. I call them decision filters. Like, okay, is this going to, is it my strength zone or is this my weakness zone, right? Is this going to make me regret this decision later? Or is this going to make me say like, I'm so glad I did that. And then faith or your core values are so important too. I'm sure that played a big part in um, why faith-based authors, why, why is that your specific ideal client, right? Well, around the time I left my corporate job, we were going through 
just some really difficult situations. And faith was something that had been introduced into our lives um, in that year. And interestingly, a book, surprise, surprise, (laughs) um, is something that really convicted me, actually a series of books. And I think for me at the time, we were just learning about God and faith and church. And to be honest, we thought the whole thing was a little weird. I mean, when you don't grow up in a church environment or anything like that, you're just kind of like going, what? Okay. But there were just a series of books, and and I had a friend who told me to go to a bookstore to grab a study to do together. And I remember walking into this study, I'm sorry, this bookstore, and it was called Mardell's, which um, is a Christian bookstore um, in the Texas area. And it was like a warehouse full of books about Jesus. (laughs) And I remember thinking, what on earth? Like, how did I not know this was here after living there for a million years? And also, why, why is there a warehouse store full of books? I mean, it was really kind of interesting. Uh-huh. But what's funny is I was walking down the aisle looking for a particular study, and the book on the end cap did its job. A book cover and title and subtitle are supposed to draw your attention. And it, I kept seeing it over and over and going, well, that looks interesting, but that's not what I'm here for. Right. Mm -hmm. And I finally, after like row 20 of this book was like, fine. So I walked over and picked it up and flipped (laughs) it open and it opened to a chapter that very accurately described my life. Um, And the bottom of that book said, you know, there's hope for the future. Um, At this point in your life, all you need is Jesus. Now, it sounds like a very random kind of trite statement. But at the time, it was deeply meaningful to me. So fast forward, when I realized I I was going to these conferences to write books, but everybody was talking about marketing, and they were struggling with reaching an audience, I kept thinking, well, it's just like me. back. You're trying to reach someone who is like me. I'm your ideal reader. Someone who doesn't know much about faith, um, who is seeking for some sort of hope or transformation. And this book did it for me for whatever reason, and um, I can help with that. So my choosing faith-based authors had to do with two things. Number one, it had to do with my own personal experience of how I felt like God was wooing me into a faith life. Um, And then it also had to do with paying for the gift I had been given through faith, right? So all the Mm. authors I've helped Um, I often think of it like, you know, when you're skipping stones, you know, on a lake and it has these ripples going out. Most people think of marketing as let's just throw this big boulder. It'll make a big splash. And while that's accurate for certain seasons, marketing is really about the ripples, the ripple effect. So for every one author I've been able to help, there are countless readers of those books and those readers' families and those readers' friends and coworkers that will benefit from the outpour of what those people are learning in the books. So that's why I chose faith-based authors as a personal expression of my faith and also as a way to really try to impact the world in a powerful way without it being too churchy, right? I love that. Here's the Bible. Let me slap your head over it and tell you memorize verses, right? I don't do that. (laughs) I want to run away from that. Yeah. No, no. Oh, boy, that's a fantastic story, Lindsay. And that is why I personally, my niche is leaders, because mm-hmm. leaders, uh, if you can 
if you can help transform the life of a leader, all the people that they have influence over, which of course I can't see the, the ripple effects that happen, but they, they go out in many different directions. They develop other leaders who then have impact upon so many. So it's like we have the same mission. You're doing it through authors. I'm doing it through leadership, but um, the impact is um, exponential. <laughs> well, talk to Lee. Talk to a bit about uh, your role as a CEO. You've got a team, right? And so what role do you play? What do you spend 80% of your day doing versus what the team plays? I saw on your website, you've got the faces of the beautiful people on your team. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Well, for years, my team was me, myself, and I. And yep. I had to <laughs> learn really quickly that if I wanted to impact as many people as I could with my work that I needed to bring in support. Um, now, the reason I was on my own for so long actually had to do with building confidence. It's really interesting when you come from a corporate environment, and if you're doing your job right, there's constant validation <laughs> and raises mm -hmm. and bonuses and all that sure. sort of thing. So operating my own business was not the same. <laughs> Right. And it's right. like all your insecurities come up and then you're also responsible for every aspect of your business, not just your unique skill set. Uh, so it was pretty challenging for me in the be beginning, but I had to learn to grow into that. Um, the team I have now is actually pretty small, but lean on purpose. Um, we're really a high touch company. We don't want to scale beyond author's ability to actually have access and relationships with us, which is kind of unusual in this online course program workshop. You don't ever got, get to talk to me kind of world. We actually kind of draw them in, right? So I have um, an assistant and then a lot of the work that's administrative, I actually have some consistent contractors I hire for projects. And then the team um, that's on our website, Ignite Your Book Marketing, are, are coaches and strategists. Um, and what's interesting is they don't just work for me. We all collaborate because they all have their own businesses and their areas of expertise. And I really do believe in co collaboration versus competition. So when people enroll in our program, they get access to our strategy and our heart and our brains. And then if they need extra ongoing support that's more hands-on, there's options for that. But really what we're trying to do is provide the strategy, which is what you need anyway, most of the time, before um, the authors go down rabbit holes of random acts of marketing, <laughs> right? <laughs> Thinking they know what they're doing. And again, this isn't the author's fault. There's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of noise online and off. So our job is to cut through the noise and give them personalized marketing plans that really helps them achieve the level of success and goals they want in their voice and their message with their audience. It's definitely not cookie cutter or, you know, a random list of 400 steps they can do that may or may not apply to them. Random acts of marketing. Boy, you just define my life as a business owner. You, know, you just try so many things. You, know, you go into business yeah. for yourself and then it's like, I got to be on all these social platforms. I got to I gotta have an e-newsletter. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And you just throw all that jello at the wall and see what you know, sticks in your, and it's, it's very random. And of course, it doesn't pay off because you might get a, a couple of big splashes, like you said earlier, but there's no strategy to that. So having this team of collaborative strategists, mm -hmm. um, it really seems like a, a winner for any author that really wants to do something comprehensively and not randomly. 
Yeah. And I would say the other thing about an author's journey is authors tend to think in, I need to write my next book, Mm. (laughs) right? And then you write your book and most authors are like, oh crap, what do I do now? (laughs) Right? Ready for release. And so my job, especially because before I started Ignite Your Book Marketing, I actually ran a book marketing agency for 11 years. And that was done for you marketing campaigns, right? So in that respect, what we're trying to do is equip them with the strategy they need and give them the simple steps they need to accomplish each quarter, which means you take all the stuff you could be doing and you reduce it to what you actually need to do in that time period. And we're building the whole plan for you. So it's actually strategic, right? Mm-hmm. And we have found that's the best way to work with the authors because they're they're always going to be in a cycle of marketing, whether it's growing an audience, keeping sure. their audience, launching a book, or building an income around their message. So we want to be there for all of it. That is so true. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you've had encountered authors like me when you, you almost don't finish the book, the last pieces of the book because of the great unknown of what's next. Are there, am I alone in that? Or are there a lot of authors that, that almost procrastinate the end of getting it published in that step? Yeah, I agree. And I'm actually in the middle of writing my first book and I'm procrastinating and I know what to do. (laughs) So I think it's just a matter of you, we want to get the message right, but sometimes the answers we need are found in marketing while we're writing the book. Yeah. I like how you said, like, even if you're in the middle of this book, you're still always marketing. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're either building that audience, which is, which I would, you know, pretty much describe as all of marketing, always trying to keep your name out there. So you're the top of mind person that people go to, or you've just finished this wonderful product and now we got to sell it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so good. So good. Well, let us take a break right here. I think it's be a good time for a break. You are listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. You can contact me on Instagram at Growing Forward Services and my guest, Lindsay Hartz, on her Instagram. That's Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-H-A-R-T-Z dot Ignite. So Instagram, lindsayhartz.ignite. We'll be right back after the break. We're going to be talking a little bit more about what Lindsay does for the authors to get their message out to the world. And she also has started a community for authors so that they can rub shoulders with each other, build courage, and uh, have that community that uh, loners uh, may start going like, why am I doing this again? But I I need a team around me. So stick around. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, 
There are plug and play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. Welcome back to the Grow Forward Today podcast. I'm with my guest, Lindsay Hartz, and she has been telling a little bit about her story of what led her to be a mentor of authors and a marketing strategist for the books that they write so that they can impact the world for transformation of mind and heart. And it's been a great conversation thus far. And I'm wondering if you have a book in you, listeners, because you probably do. You probably got a book in you, but you're just scared to get started. Maybe some of you have got half that book written and you've put it on the shelf for a bit. Others of you maybe have a book and you're just like, I don't know how to sell this thing. So, Lindsay, let me ask you, if if an author hears about your business and says, all right, help me get my message to the world, where do you start with them when they sign on for your services? You don't have to give away all your secrets because we want them, of course, to sign up for your services. But where where would you start them out? (laughs) Well, we actually have uh, an onboarding process that covers three important areas. And it's probably not what most people are expecting. So the very first thing I I do with an author, and I actually do this myself, so I don't pass this on um, to any other team member or coach member, um, because I do believe it's really important for me as the lead marketing consultant to have a really good handle on who you are as an author, what your goals are, and what your book is about. And interestingly, I also read all the books. That's also wow. unusual. But <laughs> yes. that's also where, you know, speed reading comes in really handy. Yep, yep. Um, and we have a, you know, a full questionnaire that I ask relevant information um, before we get on the phone. But then what I do is I spend about two, two and a half hours with the the student. And we go through um, their mindset around marketing. And mm. it's the biggest um, obstacle to being able to pursue or manage a marketing project. And when you're an author, you you always feel like you're either writing or marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we really talk through like what marketing actually is versus what they think it is from online. Um, you know, I'm an old school marketer and project manager from the corporate world. And the reality is marketing principles and project management principles and the way you reach out to consumers stays the same. What's different is the tools and techniques you can use, right? And so I find a lot of authors get overwhelmed by the tools and techniques and don't actually understand the basics and why it's important. So that's the first thing that we do. 
Um, the second thing we do is a marketing personality and strengths assessment. So each person has a natural way of communicating, right? If we were to have this podcast interview and you were asking me about something I know nothing about, um, I would have a little bit of a hard time communicating sure. and figuring out what to say. But you ask me about books and you can actually see me. They can't. <laughs> and like my whole face lights up. Yep. Right? And it's it's easy for me to convey and communicate. Well, that's the number one reason I do podcast interviews as my main form of marketing, because people can see and or hear my passion. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always come across the same way in what we call 2D work, which is emails, you know, ads, that sort of thing. So what we do is we do that assessment to figure out where your natural communication style lies and the strengths that you have. Sometimes there's areas of opportunity that need to be shored up. And then there's a whole list of things you either don't need to do at all, or you need to delegate. (laughs) So our job is to help you figure that out and give you a marketing matrix, which is basically how you're going to market your work. Um, Again, we haven't even started anything yet. Right. right? We are determining these things in advance and going through the mindset and going through the personality and strengths assessment ensures that when we get to your marketing plan, it's actually going to be filled with stuff you want to do and can do well. Um, The third step is actually a marketing audit. So again, I do a comprehensive audit into everything that you're doing, uh, email, social, um, content, whether it's blogs or um, articles, that sort of thing. And we come up with uh, areas of, again, opportunity and things you're doing well. And then I'll give you the fourth plan or fourth. It's actually the marketing plan, right? Mm -hmm. So we take all of these things and put it into a 90-day plan. um, And then we just do this all over again, every 90 days, right? Every 90 days. Okay. Yeah. And the reason for that has to do with trends and changing algorithms. And, you know, what we do during politics season is very different than what we can, we can do when everybody else isn't hating each other on the internet. Right. So you, you have to be able to adjust to what's going on um, culturally and, and on the internet And so, again, that's why we have the strategists. So we can kind of help you navigate those seasons um, and choose things that are going to hopefully help you get seen without it being um, as exhausting as it could be. Mm -hmm. Wow. So much to unpack there. Um, What would you say when you when you do that first marketing mindset, when you start asking those first questions, what's a common question? malaise, you know, maybe that some of the authors have about marketing that you have to go, okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's more about blank. What What are some yeah. common things that you hear? I honestly think the biggest objection authors have to marketing is that it feels overwhelming. Okay. Just this notion of decision fatigue. I don't know what to do, when to do it, how to do it, if it's even going to work. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the reason the onboarding path that I have people on is so specific is because we're actually tackling that head on. You know, if we kind of reframe your mindset around marketing and help you understand why it's important, not just that you have to do it because everybody else is doing it, right? (laughs) Um, And then we also show how simple it can be if you actually understand the framework that is marketing, that is managing a marketing project. Um, Again, marketing personality and strengths has more to do with eliminating things. You know, when I talk about this in presentations, I have a slide that has, I don't know, like 800 things you could do 
and marketing. <laughs> wow. And, and people are like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, okay, but that's the thing. If we do the mindset and we do the personality and strikes, it actually eliminates a lot of those things. So then we're left with something that looks more like 12 to 15 things. And then we can take all of that and figure out when does this actually need to happen to reach the unique goal of the author. So you don't have to do the 15 things in one month. It might be over a year or a year and a half, right? So again, I think that's the biggest obstacle is the sheer overwhelm and not knowing if it's going to work. That's what we're helping address up front. Makes total sense. And it just calms me down the way you say it <laughs> because it is marketing is overwhelming. And I know yeah. what the definition of overwhelm is and it's not broken down into small enough parts for your brain to process. That's yeah. my definition of overwhelm, right? So you have taken that out of the equation and said, we're going to simplify this. You also mentioned it's what you already want to do. Maybe you already lean into that or it's a natural giftedness or talent mm-hmm. that you have. Well, I definitely want to pursue goals that I want to do, that I have some kind of emotional lean in to versus ones that you're going to make me do because it works, right? (laughs) Yeah. I call them breaks and accelerators. There are things in our marketing business life that are going to make you slam into a wall and stop, or they're going to accelerate you and energize you and help you keep moving forward, right? Yes. So, and I, and I also think too, in marketing mindset, we're not just talking about like the fundamentals of project management and marketing. We talk a lot about perseverance, you know, and grit and how do you uh, maintain um, your marketing journey when you don't seem to be getting the results that you hoped for, right? Uh, Most authors' careers build progressively over time, yet we tend to compare ourselves to the people that have 10, 15 years of audience (laughs) growth behind them and Mm -hmm. 30 people teams, right? And that's just not a rational way to approach it, right? So that's something that we really try to take into account too, is that growth takes time, especially the right growth, Uh, I ran a six-figure book marketing agency for 11 years with an email list of about 1,700 people and a social media following that maybe, maybe was 5,000 people across all platforms. And the reason I was able to do that is because I was targeting my market, marketing um, techniques and stuff like that, to the right audience, to the quality of the audience not the quantity. So once you understand that, you can actually build significant income um, that kind of helps you keep going. You can build significant impact because the smaller your audience is, the easier it is to build actual relationships with them. And then they become advocates of your work, not just consumers, right? Um, There are people in my Ignite Your Book Marketing program that basically transitioned from me doing everything myself for every client to a team. Half the people are my old clients that I've known (laughs) for 7, 10, 12 years. There's a lot to be said in that, you know, that there's that long term of the relationships. So I do think while there's pressure to build a large audience, a large email list, a large social media following... Yes, we do need to get there if you want bigger and bigger contracts through a publisher. But if you don't, then all we need to do is build a small and mighty community that will spread the word about you on your behalf, and you can make a significant income and impact on the world without 
without needing 10, 50, 20, 5,000, 100,000, whatever the numbers are, it's kind of crazy sometimes Mm -hmm. right now. You can achieve what you're hoping without succumbing to that kind of pressure, especially now that self-publishing is actually considered a uh, valid form of publishing. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. And I could see how, yeah, I think I even read it in another another resource, like just go for a hundred a hundred people in your tribe. I mean, if you can get a hundred people that would buy a product from you, um, or at least would read your newsletter every week and click on some stuff and move around, you're you're on your way. I mean, you you can really run a successful business with just a hundred people who are they're they're really your peeps, right? They're in your they're because they're gonna then spread the word because you've given them that quality relationship you've given them uh, value and they just want to tell the world about that which of course saves you lots of marketing dollars when mm-hmm. when your, your people are giving testimonials about you right right and you probably then because that 90-day marketing plan keeps shifting you and your team must really have to study trends how do you do that um, I think we're all nerds. <laughs> we just all love our individual areas of marketing. You know, when I ran the book marketing agency, I covered personally all aspects of what now I and the team does. So, you know, I would do content marketing, email marketing, social media marketing, monetization, which is basically figuring out how to create an income out of a product, right? Based on a book message. Um, I would do platform growth, like everything under the sun. But what I realized is while I am gifted and knowledgeable in all those, what I'm actually strongest in is the vision casting, the mindset, like everything that's in the onboarding, like taking these huge um, goals and visions these authors have um, and sometimes helping them refine it into a way where they can actually accomplish it in a given time period. Um, I'm just very much the high-level strategist and, and visionary. And then each coach is an expert specifically in their area um, that's listed on the website. So I didn't choose people that were catch-all, I can do everything. I chose people who are proven experts in email marketing and launch teams and content and publicity, Um, mostly because I wanted to give authors the opportunity to work with really great people and also make it more affordable and more manageable. Because if you were to hire each of us as strategists individually, you would easily be paying tens of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. But instead, we're all available in the context of this community, you know, for a $5,000 price tag. That is so cool. I I almost feel like it's probably not like this, but it's like, I'm I'm a client, I'm I'm here, and I'm with this one person in front of me, we're talking social media strategies, like, Okay, and that's all for me. And then my sort of like a sushi table, you know, it sort of rotates around and it's like, okay, now this is the SEO person. <laughs> okay, right. tell, tell me your best stuff. But you brought it all under one roof. So well, and, and we brought the things that matter under one roof. Yes. Notice we don't have an ad strategist and we don't have this and we don't have that. Like the reason we have these specific areas um represented in the coaching is because these are the ones that done consistently will actually give you the results you want. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean that ads won't help you, but I find that until authors have a strong content plan, um, a strong marketing system, and that they're operating in their strengths, sometimes spending money on ads is not a good idea. (laughs) 
right? Mm-hmm. If, and honestly, ads are, are um, managed best by attracting your ideal audience. So if you're not attracting your ideal audience in the first place, your ad results are going to be skewed and your costs are going to be higher, right? So one thing that we do focus a lot on um, in Ignite Your Book Marketing is relationship marketing. Um, we are really trying to build relationships with people and attract the exact right people. And then down the road, when income starts being generated on a consistent basis, then we might say, yeah, you should do ads. Here's a list of recommended vendors, right? But our goal is not that. Our goal is to help you establish the dream, the vision, the mission, and help you keep going. Um, And interestingly, we have authors across the spectrum. So we can talk about that in a little bit, but we have Mm -hmm. authors at varying stages, and it works for everybody. Yeah. So, so listeners, I heard a few things there. You got to keep learning in your craft because things are changing. That's why I, I listen. I read books, but I also listen to podcasts and I also read magazines in my trade because that is they often are giving you the most relevant things that are um, that they're learning. And so that I actually have that knowledge that when I give a talk, I can go, I was just reading the other day or in the podcast I was listening to this morning or in the magazine I was reading about this research and so all of Lindsay's specialists are getting better and better at their craft. So together they form this dynamic team. I also heard in there that Lindsay's job is a vision setter. She's a vision crafter as CEO for organizations. Sometimes business owners get pulled down on the tarmac a little too much. And uh, then they're, they're, no one's setting the vision. And if you're in any kind of leadership role, whether that's of your own family uh, or of any kind of team, you've got to spend some time up in the balcony uh, looking down at the dance floor to make sure that all the strategies and the business is going uh, marvelously. But yeah, let's go there, Lindsay. You were talking about uh, there's there, you have a community of authors. And if I read it right, the mission is to increase audience impact and income. Would you talk a little bit about that community that you have and, and maybe how those three uh, foci uh, play out in the community? Absolutely. So, you know, if you go to my website, I talk about um, that our main areas of focus are to help authors grow the platform, um, launch their book and monetize their message. Again, those are the three, we'll say, spokes of a marketing wheel that an author will always go around right? And and especially monetization. Some authors are like, oh, I just want to write for the beauty of writing. Okay, that's great. But let's also earn you a little bit of money so you can fund your writing, <laughs> right? <Yep. laughs> so, and truly, it doesn't have to be like, I tell my authors, you can monetize for business, you want to build a business and grow, which I do have several like that. Or you can monetize so you can afford to keep investing in writing, right? Without, you know, having to have a regular job. Um, I have a lot of ministry-based authors who run nonprofits. So then the money earned goes directly into their nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, money in itself is not a negative. It's a tool and a resource we can use to further increase that impact. Um, So basically, we focus um, our community around, are you growing your platform? Are you launching your book? Are you monetizing your message? Now, a lot of people will say, well, what if I'm doing all three at once? And my comment is, well, you shouldn't be doing all three at once. (laughs) (laughs) especially from the beginning, right? Um, You need an audience in order to launch a book well or in order to sell a product, 
right? So if an author comes in and they don't have an audience, we're not going to be talking about launching a book or monetizing. We're going to be getting their platform in place to attract readers. You know, if they come in um, and they're launching a book and they haven't built an audience, we do a launch with the clear expectation that this is not a pre-launch to garner thousands of orders because <laughs> there's no audience there. Yep. This is a launch to attract readers. And then we have to do um, more of a um, ongoing promotion type effort, right? To sell more books. So really where someone is in that cycle for me helps me determine where we start in that marketing plan. Again, I'm doing 90-day marketing plans, but really I do them for the whole year when I talk to them. I just give them 90 days of it, <laughs> right? Right. And then if Don't something, overwhelm them. <laughs> well, and if something changes or some opportunity comes up, we can adjust, right? But the 90 days is strictly meant for them to actually be able to move forward and progress in as minimally overwhelming amount of time as possible and actually have impact. So how I do this, um, especially if you're coming into the, the, we have a free community. Um, Right now I have, um, we'll call them master classes in each of those areas. Mm -hmm. So we have one about to start called create your marketing message. And so it's for an author who's just starting out building an audience or an author who uh, isn't attracting the audience they want. And they need to refine their message or it's for an author who's launching something new that might be slightly different than what we're doing. So we have a whole masterclass we give away for free. Um, and then I do Q&As once a month to answer questions in our free community. Um, and that's obviously under Grow Your Platform. I also have one for launch your book and monetize your message that are going to be coming out in January. So anytime I speak or do interviews like this, depending on the audience, I mention these. And if people want to sign up, it again is free. They don't have to pay me anything. I lead them, I teach them. And then if you decide you want extra help, well, then you can join, you know, our marketing mastery program, um, or you can just stay in the group for free, right? So for me, it's again about building relationships and impact. And the more authors that are in there, the more you can connect with other authors at your stage, which is important for networking and in the future for your own business or ministry. Yeah, it probably helps with that perseverance and grit as well to have other authors who are in the same scenario. It's probably actually fun for you to watch the other authors help each other just as much yep. fun as it is for you to answer questions, right? Yeah, and I, I try to go to events and stuff like that when I can, um, if my authors in the program are nearby, and they always love it. But then I love it even more when they're meeting each other. Like I had two <laughs> of our students, one lives in Italy. And another one lives here in Oklahoma and they went to Italy and spent like a day with the student. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. So it's just really neat to see the connections and relationships that are formed. And you'd probably recommend anybody, no matter what career they're in, to join uh, and be an active member of some type of community with like-minded individuals, right? Yeah, especially in the author world. I mean, I don't know if there's a statistic on this, so I'm just going to make it up, but I would pretty much venture that most of us are somewhat introverted, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I think that we're kind of in our minds a lot as we're trying to write and craft meaningful words. And it, it is helpful to be in communities of writers because number one, you'll realize you're not crazy and everybody has those thoughts. Um, <laughs> number two, your weird quirky habits or someone else has them too. <laughs> 
Um, and then there is community um, found in not feeling alone as you're pursuing something that not a lot of people understand. So true. So true. Well, last couple of questions for you, Lindsay. What do you want to promote? It sounds like you, you, you weaved a couple of them in there, but maybe you want to yeah. give even a bigger plug for those for our listeners' personal leadership development. And then how could a listener best contact you if they wanted to follow up? Yeah, so the easiest way is just to send me a follow request on Instagram. Um, if you have a question about anything I've said, um, send me a message and I'll respond to you me personally. <laughs> yes, the relationship. Um, yeah, yeah. And the other thing I will say is I do have, you know, that create your marketing message course, I can provide a link for you all. Um, all it does, all it requires is for you to sign up in the system we hosted in, which is Mighty Networks. And then you get access to it and you go through the course and there's availability to ask questions. Um, so there's no like official sign up link. <laughs> okay. um, you can just message me and, and I'll get you situated because I have to set you up. Create your marketing message. Yeah. And then you've got the. That's to attract the right audience to whatever you're trying to release. And that helps with email growth, social media content, content for your launch, and even product creation, if that's what your goal is. Yeah. It sounds like even non-authors would benefit if you're in any way trying to pitch your products or services. It would still benefit you, right? True. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. This has been phenomenal. And all the wisdom that you've uh, put out there for us, I know you're going to continue to get the transforming messages of your authors out there. Good luck in your book and finishing that. You can do it. <laughs> I'm telling myself that. <laughs> and I hope you have a fantastic 2023. Same to you. So I have some takeaways from Lindsay today, some keepers worth mentioning uh, we talked a little bit uh, in the middle there about bosses that lead to people thriving on their team. And it's the way to do it is through relationship. I hope you heard that theme all through Lindsay's message today, that she's just not a, uh, I'm going to stay this remote person. No, for all of her clients, she seeks to understand them. And then she gives them things that are in line with their passions, their strengths, their joy, and what they can actually handle to not overwhelm them. So no matter what position you have, you want to be able to do that with your people. She talked about targeting the right, your ideal audience, not a broad audience. You just need to build relationships with your ideal smaller group. Then a lot of the strategies are going to work way better than if you just try to just scattergun your approaches out there in the world for marketing. Leaders are vision setters. I hope you heard that from Lindsay today. Not just if you're a CEO, but if you any, have any influence at all, you definitely want to take some time to look out over the landscape and set the vision and the strategies. And then you can't overwhelm people with those. You have to break those into maybe 90-day uh, chunks um, or just smaller pieces of the change or the vision so people can handle that and come along with you. The GFT podcast is all about putting the practical tips from my guests into action for your personal leadership development. And remember, if you learn something and you don't put it into action within 72 hours, those valuable gems are going to start to slip out of your brain gradually until they lose their value to your life. Thank you for listening to episode 51. Please spread the word about this podcast to those in your circle of influence who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. And until next week, keep growing forward.
Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel.